Hello, Homo sapiens listeners. I'm just jumping on here, did you hear me jump, to tell you that we have exciting news. If you want to listen to Homo sapiens without the ads, now you can. You can subscribe to Homo sapiens plus on Apple Podcasts and all future episodes will be ad free. How do you sign up? Well, go inside your Apple Podcasts app, go to our Homo sapiens homepage and the option to subscribe to Homo sapiens plus for £1.49 a month is there. There's also BT dubs, a seven day free trial available. So you can try before you buy, which is my favourite. I like to do that in the supermarket whenever they've got a little snack being handed out. Anyway, I digress. Hello, part two of our chat with Florence Given. If you haven't heard part one, it's on the feed. Go there first. If you have, here's part two. You were talking a second ago about school there. Mm. I feel like, but you can tell me if it's true, that you're someone who's changed quite a lot since school. Mm, and massively, yeah. You were quite shy, would that be right? No, no. Right. I was, I was, I think I went into my shy era the moment I left my friendship group. So right. kind of went into school a really expressive young girl, was mm. obsessed with Lady Gaga. I read Twilight books back to front all the time in the rain because I felt I was Bella. <laughs> and like, I would just sit and then just be like listening to the soundtrack. Like, and I would go into school and I wore this badge that said, I love Twilight. And as soon as peer pressure came, kicked in and suddenly the clicks are forming all of that evaporated and I just became whatever the girls wanted me to be really yes I just craved nothing more than being accepted by women and I actually think I've had a a more of a relation you know we talk about the male gaze Mm. gaze with a z uh seeking male validation and actually I feel like and I don't know if this has anything to do with being queer but I had a much harder time I think in hindsight being accepted by women and kind of craving and yearning for that a lot more um And yeah, I would have done anything for them. Mm. Squashed a lot of the parts of myself. Um, I was friends with a lot of people outside of school and I would get taken the mickey out for that. But it was by my own friends. And it was this very weird uh, enmeshed friendship group where I would have done anything for them. And even it, I would be in the group one day, out the next day, mm. sat on my own for a week. And then they'd just choose to pick me up when the other girl wasn't doing what they wanted her to do. And then you're back in the group. So you do anything to stay in that group. You stay silent when they're being mean in class. Mm. You're just there and you're just with them and you feel like you have protection from what they're going to do to everyone else. Whoa. And then I got kicked out of the group. They spread a rumor around me about, around me at school. I was doing really well in my grades, actually. And, um, they spread a rumor around me about school that had some truth in it. It was about my personal life and I was very embarrassed. I was going through something. And because I was then fully just kicked out of the group, I had this beautiful opportunity and I can't even believe I saw it as one because it was horrible. It was depressing and it was, I was on my own, but I saw it as an opportunity to find myself. And I was like, Mm -hmm. now I can get back to floss. Now I can get back to the joyful ray of fucking sunshine human that I was before I tried to fit in with whatever school wanted me to be um so then that's when I went into my very I was I used to meditate I was 14 and I went to uh WH Smith to pick up a book on mindfulness and meditation because I'd googled why is why do I have heart palpitations Mm. turned out I had anxiety from going to school and seeing the girls so I developed all of these techniques to protect myself from them and their energy I could feel it you know and I would imagine myself being in this like impenetrable impenetrable bubble um where their energy couldn't get in and I used to do things like 
lay in the middle of a field when it was sunny and listen to my favorite album on my headphones because it was so embarrassing to do that to yeah. be seen as like being this person who craves solitude and is like a bit spiritual it's just a bit cringy when you're that age but I really wanted to sit in the middle of this field and listen to my music so I did it and then it slowly I just broke down these little barriers so you were testing yourself in those moments yeah, yeah. because I think my, my biggest fear was being or rather being seen to be alone. People even still fear it now. Like when you're single or when you don't have many friends because you've just moved to a city, the idea of going and sitting in a cafe on your own is quite terrifying for a lot mm. of people. And I think it's that that thing of being seen alone is quite, I don't think it is a justified reality that it is embarrassing to be seen alone, but it feels embarrassing to be seen alone, I think. So yeah, I, that was my um, my era of solitude. And I made amazing friends in other classes in my school. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to art college where I started my illustrations mm. and um, really kicked off with expressing myself in that way. And was it an all girls school? Yes. And yeah. do you think they are particularly toxic environments? Um, I really wouldn't know what to say because I didn't go to a comprehensive school where it was uh, mixed genders, but yeah. um, I think perhaps if I'd gone to a comprehensive school, maybe more of my time would have been spent worrying about what boys thought of me. Boys can mm. be really mean to girls. Then there's that competitiveness that gets in the mm. way with girls in class. Um, but I, I read, so Gloria Steinem has an amazing book on um, confidence. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just called confidence within or something like that mm -hmm. and she's done she's done so many surveys on how young girls in school don't put their hands up because they don't want people to look at them right so it's like it's this awareness of our beauty from such a young age that mm. like we don't want to draw attention to our new pimples that are growing or mm. to um our face we don't want the boys to look at us or we don't want or we've not got the latest clothes and, and i think that's across all genders to be honest but she did a stuff survey on women but mm. yeah, it's this like, we don't want to put ourselves forward because of the boys. So I feel like also being in an environment with all girls, there was no kind of cap on my, um, I felt perhaps less pressure to adhere to gender roles in school. Mm -hmm. So we were loud girls in my school, mm -hmm. like loud. And there was no like, oh, we need to be quiet and shy for the boys or anything like that. We were loud girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose that has its own unique thing doesn't it that you're not kind of trying to be but it was interesting what you were saying about it wasn't the male gaze it was like the female gaze yes. that had the power and I can so see exactly what you're talking about with that because yeah. I remember with yourself even well or... with with myself but also with it's almost like the female gaze is governed by the male gaze mm. and so you it's like a prism it does it through it yeah <laughs> so and it's and it's very um you know, I think that quote that I think you've said something similar, but I'm not sure if this was exactly you. It's like being pretty is not your tax for being on this planet. Yes, that's you know? uh, Aaron McKean. Aaron McKean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And there's a certain age where girls, let's talk about girls for a sec, but then we can bring in uh, other people. Like um, it is understood that that's how you have to behave, that you have to be a certain way in order mm. to be, and you are, you're, and it's very powerful of girls over other girls controlling how they behave, but that is all feeding into the idea of the male gaze. And I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I understand it's more nuanced now. And then I think there is a male version of that as well, which I experienced because I went to an all boys school, yeah, but I had okay. been, but I'd been to mixed schools as well. So it's kind of a bit of both. And I was always were, really happy. Were you in a boys school for longer? or Longer, yeah. yeah. I went to, a mixed school, then a boys school, then a mixed school, then a boys school. But that was a much bigger chunk. That was like nine till the end of school. Okay. But I was very, very happy at the mixed schools mm. because I was young, queer boy. Like, so I just hung out with the girls and we had a mm. lovely time. And they were actually my oasis. Like, yeah, break time, yeah. I'd see them and I'd run to them mm. and we'd skip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, great. yeah. But I was sort of, but the male 
rule book that I was having pushed on me was it just was extremely intense as well mm. but I had some escape I could be a bit of both and actually I kind of wafted between the two okay and so, I and that was at the mixed school you preferred that loved it yeah. and I actually think as well like my the all boys school was a private school and I think they are schools that deliver whatever they say mm -hmm. they deliver a very narrow idea of what you're supposed to be it was very controlling in its own way and and I and I found that in the mixed school there was a lot more room for people who were neither or okay. who wafted between the two yeah yeah well again it's like that binary system that we we're talking about at the mm. beginning it's like there's no room for anything that's in between or mm. fluid yes um and so yeah that was you know that was my experience and I thought it was uh I didn't like I didn't enjoy the rest of it and I think I remember very clearly having an experience like you of like I arrived at school as one thing really yeah. happy and then I spent the next 10 years trying to get back to that person who walked in that door yeah. because I had I listened mm. and because I was nice to be honest like yeah. nice people listen and therefore get a bit more messed up I think mm. you know because you're like oh I kind of want to fit in and you know yeah I just felt I just felt like a doormat I felt like a fucking doormat really? honestly yeah like um it's I look back and I just want to give Floss a big hug and be like oh. you don't need these like they would tell me what to do and I'd do it you know it was like mm. I, it was this, it started all the way in primary school. Like, I feel like I have a lot more, um, I don't know, like, you know, when you, when you grow up and you get into like your twenties, you start to look back and go, Oh, what kind of things shaped me? And I do think it was my relationships with women that definitely have shaped me the most. Um, like most of my attachments were formed with female friendships and my early childhood and stuff. And mm. yeah, I don't really know. I think it's probably. I mean, maybe I'm just assuming it's common because it's my experience, but I think a lot of women have experienced quite intense, fraught female friendships because of the intimacy that we have with each other also. And I don't mm. know if maybe that's just queer women. I don't mm. know if get super attached to girls and we don't know what that feeling is. I also never had any example of queer love or what that even looked like. Mm. And no one really talks about the confusing nature of friendships with women when you are queer mm. because also queer and feminine because no one really saw me as queer which made me not see myself as queer which mm. took me longer to come out as queer um and then when people find out you're queer then they look back at your sleepovers differently and you feel gross yes. and they feel gross and you're like no but i just love you as a friend and then they feel weird about it and then you're like god was i in love with that girl yeah. when i was 15 probably yeah. i just didn't know it and then you're like looking back on this whole um experience and i think that probably influenced a lot of my friendships as well very intense yeah but also <laughs> it's, a, it's a time of transition and change isn't it like you're growing up and yeah maybe some of those sleepovers were charged but you were charged you know you were like <laughs> not yes. that you were charging on no, the door no, no but like, i know exactly what i know i love the word that's oh, why right. i repeated it i love it charged but you know it's like how are, you, how are you supposed to know and also it's a sleepover like other people are doing it and yeah, that's that's the I thing know. as well it's like it's annoying being a queer kid because like everybody else not everybody else because there's other queer kids there by you know statistics will tell you but like everyone else is just having a sleepover and you're having and this you're having existential crisis <laughs> that you're in exactly. the wrong room so and... you have a kid now don't you yes will you let your kid have sleepovers this is like such a big debate at the moment oh i didn't even know that yeah a thing. because because um there's so many campaigns online talking about um i've just seen a lot of it going around i don't know what what area of, i'm not even a parent like mm. i don't know why it's coming up on my tiktok for you page but um 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because I've also been talking with someone recently who's queer and she was never allowed sleepovers and she feels deprived of that existential crisis when I talk about mine. So oh. when I talk about my existential crisis, she's like, I never got to have weird gay sleepovers when I grew up because <laughs> my parents wouldn't let me. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that I will definitely let my daughter have sleepovers. Uh, but I think as well, that's about baking it in, which my generation didn't do. It's yeah. like we'd have a lot of talk about consent and Damn, what's going on yes. prior to that. You know what I mean? Like, Yes, oh my God. Mm, I was never taught consent growing up. No. No. Not at all. Like, and, you know, and also, isn't it funny that we talk about it differently for men and women? Okay. You know? Yeah. And like, if a boy is sat down to talk about consent, it'll be about someone giving you consent. Whereas oh. if you took, sit a girl down, traditionally it would be like... You deserve consent. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> god yes yeah damn but even like consent goes so into so many other arenas as well which i'm learning about in every single aspect as well i think i used to think that consent was just something sexual but it's even asking people like whether it's physical touch or non-physical touch or yeah like can i post this picture of you on instagram yes you know like social media boundaries and privacy and friendships and also it's a whole other thing when you have a platform and people yes. want to just have a photo with you yes. and I, whenever someone says hey Floss do you mind if I post this picture I feel so safe with them oh. I feel like yeah when they ask do you mind is this okay can I tag you I'm like I trust you yeah go for it that's lovely. Yeah, but there's there's so many other boundaries that I think we're learning about also. I definitely grew up with social media. However, I did not grow up with this inbuilt, incessant need to be validated online by the people, which I think is now just such an embedded part of oh, um, uh, the young generation because it's like, can you even imagine how hard it is being in secondary school and now having like a TikTok account when you're in secondary mm. school and seeing all the girls and seeing who's got more followers. Like I definitely didn't have that in school. I cannot mm. imagine how that feels so you think that generation have more need for validation in there's that a sense. bigger playground for it all to play out on i mm. feel so whereas before i had social media but it wasn't as like important some people didn't have an instagram you were just posting your little pictures of yourself or your shoes with your friend's shoes and like you put you're posting your like peace sign pictures with the with the ugly like valencia instagram filter over it <laughs> and um and now it's like facetune tiktok dances yes. all of this stuff where it's almost like this rat race of popularity yes and i cannot imagine like high, st- high school is a popularity contest anyway yeah. and then with it being on up with literal numbers being able to see your numbers and then being able to see what boy likes this and what girl likes this and it's, yes. it's like um it's given us the the best breeding ground for our insecurities to just fester on yeah. like if you want to know what your partner's into you can go on what they're liking and who they're following and you can just find out information that you just really shouldn't know yeah you know send you in this big spiral so on tiktok because i'm not on it can you see what people have liked and stuff you can if people make them private but right. i'm talking more about like instagram and yes. whatever but yeah with tiktok i think um i also saw this thing recently on tiktok where someone was saying we're not meant to see this many beautiful people in our lifetime <laughs> like we're not meant to see this many you know and, yes. and this guy was like back in the day you know you'd there'd be like one 10 out of 10 in your village <laughs> and you'd all be a bit like village, wow lucky, yeah. you know and now we're seeing beautiful people all the time in different circumstances with different priv- privilege levels mm. who maybe are aren't showing 
that they had this different upbringing and then you're like why am I not doing this at x y and z age and then it's all of this comparison that we're seeing because we're seeing the best of the best and also it's like all these people that do post on social media are people who are maybe extroverted got this extreme confidence and we're seeing this kind of like very narrow portion of society like comparing ourselves to it not to mention it's also everybody's highlight reel um but social media has absolutely you know complaining about it a lot right now but it's changed my life i wouldn't have a career without it i wouldn't mm. have um two massive published books without it to mm. have a platform to have an audience that read my work um it's fucking insane and it's changed my life and it can also just be so awful to mental health Because um, Daniel Howells came on this podcast recently. So he was a YouTuber. Sorry, he is a YouTuber. He doesn't like being called a YouTuber. But anyway, he's got millions of followers and he shows up a lot on YouTube. So whatever that that is. Um, He disappeared for two years because it was overwhelming him. Okay. And then he came back and he sort of did this video where he said i'm gonna tell you what it's really like being an influencer oh damn i need to watch this yeah you'll like it and um he was saying you know like i was a slave to the algorithm and you know and all it was was me comparing myself to other influencers and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting but i i wonder what your version of that is because like you say it gave you a career but yeah it's it's like playing with fire right yeah it's like i would say i I've built my audience over four to five years and I've never felt in such community with women. I feel so tapped into women as mm-hmm. a collective. I feel very aware of what they're going through. I feel very aware of what, what their concerns are at the moment just because they tell me and they trust me and they confide in me all the time. And I have a Q&A section on my podcast yes. and I just care about women so much. I just think we're so much better off when we're friends when we're looking after each other when we're kissing each other than when we're competing Mm. with each other and we're being nasty to each other because we feel this like limited amount of space and um there's this um it's i experienced it in high school i've experienced it in my career as well there's this theory called the crabs in the bucket theory have you heard of it yes so it's only because of you but yes oh okay yeah i literally (laughs) i don't stop fucking talking about it the other day i was going for a walk in the park with my friend and i was like have you heard of the crabs in a bucket theory and this girl like noticed me and she was like hi and I was like oh my god I've literally I'm doing it in public and people like she don't shut up about it um so basically the crabs in a bucket theory is that when a fisherman collects crabs in a bucket at sea puts them in a bucket they can collectively help each other escape the bucket and go back into the ocean they can do that yes but they don't Right. The, the, the second a crab actually gets its way out of the bucket, they all pull it down. They work together to pull this crab back down so they have a collective demise. Oh. Um, it's it's this, um, like, if, if I can't have it, you can't. Mm. And we see that within communities where there's almost this fake idea of we have limited space there's not enough room for everyone Mm. and some i said this analogy recently on my podcast obviously Mm. i say all the time and um someone commented on it on the youtube video that got uploaded of the podcast and was like this is an interesting theory and crabs don't naturally occur in buckets (laughs) they don't naturally occur in buckets so it's this thing of like that's not crabs nature just the way it's not women's nature to compete Uh only when we're put into an environment where we're taught to compete that there is limited space. Does that happen? If there were more examples of women in the media, if there were more examples of uh, female leadership, 
we wouldn't feel so hard to compete. And then I spoke to Deborah Francis White and she spoke yes. about like the boys club where they're doing favors for each other because they know it's going to come back around. If I help you with this, don't worry. I know you're going to have my back again. Yes. And it's this abundant mindset that men are taught to have, whereas women typically are taught to have this scarcity mindset. If yes. I get this job, I'm not letting anyone fucking in because there's mm. not enough room. And it's this, um, this trust that we need to grow and have in women that when they open the door, they're going to let other people in as well. Yes. And that's what I always want to do with my career. I want to open spaces in the future. I really want to open a cafe. I want to open things that just bring people together. And just by virtue of me being the host of it, it kind of sets the tone that this is what you do here. There's there's none of that bullshit. Um, Yeah. You said that you you feel like you understand really clearly what women, what concerns women at the moment. And I'm thinking specifically about folding in queer women there as well. But what is on their mind at the moment? I think, again, I have a very niche um, thing going on on my Instagram. So a lot of this stuff is about relationships. And what I see, I'm sure there are so many more problems that women are going through, but particularly I feel like women are becoming more progressive, especially after the pandemic, because we had so much time to reflect and think and Mm. be in solitude, where typically we were either busy and whatever. So many people realized they hated their jobs because the nine to five was built so that people can't even think about what they're doing people don't have time to pause Mm. so like during the pandemic so many people had time to pause and think oh my god i've been running on autopilot is this even fulfilling me is this relationship fulfilling me and so many people realized they were queer during the pandemic because they had time to pause and be in their own original thought and space with unmuddied waters by other people's thoughts and stuff Mm. so I feel like women are becoming a lot more progressive. Women are learning a lot more about their standards. There was that whole survey that came out recently on Psychology Today where it was like, men are becoming more lonely and single the more that women's standards raise. And doesn't that say a lot? So um, I think that with all of this rise in women learning more about themselves and the way that we've collectively been treated and also the, the treatment that we've been accepting and tolerating from men, you know, there's the mm-hmm. whole saying, the bar is in hell for our standards <laughs> when it comes to men. So I think that with that, there's this uh, friction between women becoming more progressive and perhaps men not knowing what the hell to do mm-hmm. um and perhaps not wanting to level up not, not not knowing what it means and then there's this um this phenomena of like men using the surface level stuff of feminism to kind of just like make them seem like they're being progressive and like lure women into their um Mm. space their bedroom their relationship whatever it is so i think that women having a hard time uh with heterosexuality (laughs) at the moment yeah probably that's correct and also and also if you look at this i I know that sounds like a silly very um bold thing to say but when you consider that 90 percent of all sexual violence that happens to women happens with a man they already know Mm -hmm. the most dangerous thing a woman can do is date a man Truly, yeah. because it, it's if the temp, the ten percent is strangers, th- those horrible incidents where it happens mm. with someone you don't know, with something that's happened on a night out, whatever it is. But ninety percent is someone you know, it's a relative, it's someone you're dating, it's someone you're in a relationship with, it's someone that is an acquaintance. So, I think a lot of women at the moment are wrestling with realizing also how much we've collectively put up with, and then realizing that they are straight and they want to date men, but they don't like the state of the way that men are thinking at the moment and yeah. it's this battle that a lot of women mm. have and i can imagine also um confusing for men not in a way that i'm empathizing with the way they've been treating with women at all because mm. it's trash you know if, they, if, if it has been trash yeah. um but i can imagine it's this when the bar has been this way for so long yes. and now women are going fuck no and it's up yeah. here 
it's um, women are a lot more becoming single a lot more, which mm. is, I, I was preaching that years ago. I was like, stay single, stay single because I come out of a relationship um, and it wasn't a good relationship and I needed solitude. I was just preaching it for so long and it was something that was really important to me to even understand myself and mm-hmm. what I wanted and what I needed and to hold my standards to a high regard. So mm. back to your question about what women are thinking about or concerned about what I'm hearing from women is that they don't know how to date men when they're becoming more progressive and men just aren't evolving Mm. with them and I think until there becomes an incentive for men to evolve with how they treat women with what they learn about themselves with how they treat people in the world um, until that bar is raised and there is an incentive for them to I think maybe the the divide might just keep growing but the alternative is that women just keep accepting and tolerating abuse and um, toxic treatment from men so Mm. I just well I went on my friend my friend is newly single and she took me on her tinder and she's obviously dating straight men and she doesn't want to date women so she was like it's so hard dating straight men when you say she doesn't want to date women you you mean she's bi and she doesn't want to she's straight straight. as in so she doesn't have an out basically so she's like I have to date straight men. Um, and uh, we went through her Tinder and maybe one of the others. But it is tricky. You know, like, yeah. I, I, d- I didn't think it looked that different from when I was on the apps 10, 12 years ago. Do you mean in terms of, like, what the, what the men are saying Yeah, the what the men okay. are saying. Like, yeah. there's still a lot of men holding fish. Mm. And, yes. yeah. you know, like, that kind of really bro adjacent language okay like yeah, just yeah. what i like... wouldn't even know i have no idea <laughs> but um yeah i think I, I recently interviewed uh this woman called iona david on my podcast yeah and she has an instagram account called beam me up soft boy oh, I was gonna and ask it's you about all that. about soft boys and all the ways that men are using this emotional language mm. like um talking about like um self-love and talking about spiritual things and talking about just all of this stuff that women really connect with and you know basically women end up just banking up enough quotable material to go back to their friends and go oh my god he's so emotionally intelligent he said this he said this he said this and then you kind of do the check boxes in your mind of like wow this guy's so emotionally self-aware and then he ghosts you after you have sex with him yes and it's like oh what's that all and then women just start to not trust their intuition it's fucking sad and that's it's just it's something i hate to see because it doesn't matter how intelligent you are how book smart you are someone's playing with your emotions and they do it it's not your fault people are just getting a lot better at doing it i feel with this um this language and also a lot of men using femininity to kind of like lure and trap women i have this joke where i say i never trust a man who wears a pearl necklace like it's this thing so he started doing it and then all, all the boys that were like so this is what the girls like yes started wearing it's a joke like i don't actually no, mean it but every single time a friend like has been fucked over by a boy he's always wearing a pearl necklace <laughs> <laughs> or a little dangly earring you know he's yeah like, that, that's what beaming up soft boy sort of enlightens yes. you too is like the manipulation using using sensitive as a smoke screen in order to manipulate and coercively control in a subtle manner and it's yeah it's really um quite something um florence we have to end that floss (laughs) i'm not your mother well that's lifted my soul what a wonderful wonderful person floss is now then Next week, we're chatting to the brilliant Adam Kay. Remember him? The NHS doctor who wrote the amazing book, This Is Going To Hurt. He came on the podcast before. 
deeply funny, deeply moving. He's got a new book. That's next week. Can't wait for that. Get in touch. Stay connected on Instagram at Homo Sapiens, Facebook at Homo Sapiens Podcast. Email your comments, questions, and agony uncles to hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast.com. Don't delay. Send today. That's what I would say. You've all been delightful. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, let's do it again. Uh, how about next week? Same time, same place. Wonderful. See you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Powered by Spirit Studios.